which Denver Broncos players coming off of injuries from last season could have the biggest impact for the Broncos this upcoming season. We'll take a look at players on offense and defense and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast in audio format, or you can watch us on YouTube, subscribe or follow for free, so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over there at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL, and when you enter promo code LOCKDOWNNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. There, OTAs continue here for the Broncos at the Centura Health Training Center on Thursday. But taking a look at some players that we've talked about this offseason, we haven't really dove into the concept of which players coming off of injuries maybe could have the biggest impact for them this upcoming season. Now, we all saw maybe lost impact based on injuries last year, but could they have a big impact this upcoming season? I can't wait to break it down for you. We're going to look at offensive players, defensive players, and a little bit later on the show, Broncos country also chimes in with some of their thoughts. The, it's the offseason within the offseason, right, Cody? It really feels like, hey, the Broncos had a big free agency. You go through the NFL draft, and then you start to think about all the players that are coming back from injury, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, like maybe the Broncos are going to be a lot better this coming season. You talk about the players that are coming back from injury alone. I think the Broncos would be a much better team, but then you add in, of course, all those guys that we're excited about coming through free agency and the draft into the mix. But players coming off of injury Cody, I don't know if the roster was more significantly impacted in a negative way last year than by the injury suffered in training camp to wide receiver Tim Patrick. And I know that's maybe a bit of a hot take, but we all love some Tim Patrick around here. We saw the impact that he made in 2021. We saw the impact that he made during the 2020 season when Cortland Sutton went down with an injury. It has been awesome, just flat out, to, to see what he's been able to do going from a practice squad guy breaking his leg in college and coming out of you know Utah with very little or no expectations and rising to the point that he's gotten to, Cody. I think Tim Patrick coming back from injury could be one of the biggest additions the Denver Broncos make this season. I mean, they missed him big time last year because the year prior, he was leading the team in touchdown catches. He was probably the most reliable guy. Didn't have a single drop. And I'd say that's also another area of his game that he really excels. Not only is his six foot four size a weapon there, but man, he's reliable. When you need a big play, Tim Patrick is there. When you need to move the chains, Tim Patrick has been there. And Denver simply didn't have that type of dynamic last season with him going down. And I, I remember there being there vividly, watching practice, watching the play where he went down with the ACL. And I just, there was so much excitement about Broncos camp last year before that. The moment that happened, Everything just kind of went like, oh, man, this sucks. And honestly, that was kind of a, a tone setter for the season, to be honest with you. With how everything went, it was just a world of suck. A, a familiar phrase by former Broncos great wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. That's exactly what 2022 was. And a big part of that was the injury to Tim Patrick. 
He's returning into the mix. He can play inside. He can play outside. I mean, from the optic standpoint, it seems like Sean Payton is going to move all these wide receivers around. And I, while I say every single time, folks, I think we should temper our expectations. Let's not place such high expectations on Tim Patrick, right? Because if we place high expectations on him, then there's this pressure to kind of live up to that. But folks, I, I just want to reiterate once again, I want to bang the drum here from someone who's gone through an ACL injury. It is a very, very grueling process, not only physically, but just mentally. So there's going to be some things, there's going to be some times where he's going to take his time, you know, easing his way back into things. Or there might be times where, you know, maybe he questions himself when he's planting, but he's making progress. These are all normal things that happen. So I, I think if we're just like, okay, hey, you know what? Tim's coming off of an ACL injury. We know he can be a big player, a big playmaker for this offense. Where's he going to be at here? How does he fit into things? I think with the emergence of Jerry Judy, you have Corlinson, and you have some other guys. I also think it takes pressure off of Tim Patrick to have to go out there and put up big numbers. Tim can still do that, but it allows him, I think, with the depth that they have to the position to work their way into building Tim Patrick up to maybe where he needs to be, which ultimately I think is a good thing. He's one player, but outside of that, Sarah, there's also Javante Williams, who a lot of people you know, have high expectations on coming off the ACL as well. He's doing individual drills. He's doing some group drills with the team during OTAs. But will he be ready for the full-on go week one against the Las Vegas Raiders? He's another guy that I think has maybe a, a lot of potential to have a super, super big impact. But once again, major knee injury, just like Tim Patrick. So what are the expectations? That is the question, isn't it? What are the expectations for Javante? I think... Man, a lot of people are going to just be expecting if 33 is out there on the field, we're going to have a weekly candidate for angry runs, right? That's the expectation for him when he's on the field. That's what he does. That's what he does best. You expect him to be cracking some face masks and pass protection. You expect him to be consistent as a receiver. That's what you expect from Javante Williams. Now, what do we expect in terms of workload? I think we should lower the expectations a little bit. I think Samaje Pirine is in line for a bigger role than maybe people want or acknowledge at this point Cody so we'll kind of wait and see there on Javante Williams but certainly if he's on the field the expectations will be understandably high he is one of the Broncos best players and it's, it was eerie to me Cody I got chills up my spine when I heard that he was back for OTAs 33 weeks the same number as his jersey number right uh, 33 weeks after that big knee injury he's back out on the field in a limited capacity when people thought maybe we wouldn't see him even for the first half of the season and I also think with Javante too, right? He could still have a big impact. He doesn't have to have like these, you know, over 1,500 yards rushing, not even 1,000 yards rushing. But hey, you know, let's say this season he has six, seven rushing touchdowns. I think we'd take that. I think we'd all take that for a guy like Javante as he continues to make progress there. And even he himself is like, you know, hey, I'm just taking it, you know, day by day. And and that's a great mindset for him to have there. But you do have other guys, as you mentioned, the Samaj P. Ryan's. Yesterday's episode, we just talked about Tyler Beatty and Jaleel McLaughlin. Denver has options to maybe alleviate the blow. That way you don't have to put so much pressure on a guy like Javante to come in week one and all of a sudden, hey, Javante, we need to run for 200 yards against the Raiders. Like that is a large, large expectation to ask of anybody more, even like even 150 yards. But Javante will will be on, you know, I think along as his timeline progresses. We'll see what he does as training camp comes. There's contact. There's physicality in the preseason. Will he play? I mean, that's also another question that we have as well concerned that he is coming off an injury. How does Sean Payton maybe manage guys like Tim Patrick and Javante in a situation like that in the preseason where he said, hey, starters are going to play. So we'll see what you know how things play out. But there's another player as well here on the offensive side of the ball that is coming back from an injury. 
and that is Garrett Bowles. Can he have a massive impact this upcoming season? Because we've even talked about it. There's some pressure on Bowles this upcoming season because the Broncos, his contract is nearing its conclusion here. The Broncos invested heavily in the offensive line in terms of getting bigger and physically stronger. There were the previous trade rumors, but for Garrett Bowles, Coming off that leg injury, can he have massive production at left tackle in comparison to what Denver had last year? Right. Can he do that? And can he fend off? I'm not saying that, Cody, there's a competition or anything like that, but Cam Fleming did take an incentive-based deal to come back to Denver. Now, you got to ask yourself, why would he do that? Why would he take an incentive-based deal? Well, he's got to obviously be banking on the idea that he might actually play. So, I don't know. I mean, you get the gears turning up there a little bit. You start to think about that, but there is a ton of pressure on Garrett Bowles contractually coming back from the injury wise, uh, just being a stable force at left tackle. I think, especially in this offense where you're going to be asked to do a lot. So there's a lot of pressure on old Bullsy to come back and have a big season for the Denver Broncos, especially considering his circumstances, right? So could be the beginning of the end in Denver. Can he finish strong though if this is the last dance for him and a number of others i think bulls he's a player to watch for sure now we'll see the physicality is going to be on uh the, the offensive line side that's what the identity of what sean payton wants these guys to do garibulls brings that to the table as we've seen in the past can he have a big impact got to be better than what the broncos had on the offensive line last season there's another offensive player we'll talk about we're going to also start focusing on some defensive players that are coming off of injuries from last season for the denver broncos that we feel like could have the biggest impact for the team you'll get that discussion and much more on today's episode lockdown broncos this episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at bird dogs and bird dogs is the sponsor of today's episode locked on broncos folks the one thing i like about bird dogs i'm wearing the shorts right now i'm not going to stand up on youtube for you to see it but i'm wearing the shorts they sent me just two new pairs of shorts as well because they renewed their partnership here with the locked on podcast network very very comfortable and i you know for me i work out a lot i like to be in shorts especially during the summer heat Bird Dogs, it's comfortable. The fabric is super soft. And on top of that, Sarah, they sent me a Bird Dogs tumbler as well, which is great for, you know, water, whatever else you want to put in it. Uh, check out Bird Dogs here today. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL and enter promo code LockedOnNFL. And when you do that, you'll receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you they're super comfortable and they fit to perfection. Check it out today. Birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Which defensive players coming back from injury for the Denver Broncos in 2023 are going to have the biggest impact on the roster? Cody, I feel like you just gave some breaking news here. Just you just spoiled it to everyone that we wear pants on this show. Nobody <laughs> knew that beforehand, but now they know Cody's got the bird dogs on. We're not going to stand up for you, but if we did, you would see pants for both of us. Okay. So just be there. He goes. He's got it. Yeah. He's getting there's the spoiler yeah. alert right Look there. At them so, quads right there, man. Look, Look at that. At them Look at that. Cody's been hitting it. Cody's been hitting it and and doing great. So I love it. And I think, Cody, you know what? You know who else we need to to make sure is is fitted right for this season is Randy Gregory. He's one of those players coming back from injury. Uh, this season that I think maybe may have the biggest impact on this team's fortunes overall. You talk about this team losing a lot of one-score games. Randy Gregory can be a difference maker in one-score games. I know there's a lot of pressure on him in terms of, you know, the Broncos didn't sign this guy or didn't trade for this guy or didn't draft this guy. They went after Randy Gregory. So there's a lot of pressure, but he's coming back from that injury. I know you've got the chance to get to know him, and and I I'm rooting hard for this guy, Cody, because I do think 
when you talk about playing and winning one score games, there may not be a single more impactful player on this roster than Randy Gregory in terms of being able to close things out in the pass rush department. You mentioned as well, because Randy was one of the players we talked about in a previous episode here in recent memory of Lockdown Broncos. For all the everydayers out there, they know exactly what we're talking about. Randy Gregory is one player on the defense side of the ball that you should not write off. But on top of that, there is a little bit of pressure associated with it because of the investment that George Payton made financially and the fact that, yes, he when he's been on the field healthy, he's been a playmaking uh, defensive end. I mean, a outside linebacker. I mean, there's times where he's played a little bit of both. And I also think about here in 2023, could there be situations maybe where we see, you know, Randy Gregory slide a defensive end or Jonathan Cooper slide a defensive end. And you have Randy Gregory, Baron Browning. You're just playing around with maybe different combinations of personnel decisions. To me, Randy Gregory is that guy and can be that guy that you've talked about here on the show that needs to be a closer, right? Because there was Von Miller, who we always knew when watching this team was a closer. Anytime there was a, a potential comeback by another team or you need to put the nail in the coffin and your defense was on the field, it was Von Miller who's going to come up with a big play, whether it's a strip sack or whether it's a sack to push them back into further, you know, down in distance territory, making it fourth and long. And then you had your defensive back guys on the field, like Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr., Darren Stewart, TJ Ward, who you're like, all right, well, hey, it's fourth and 15. There's no way they're going to convert anything on this, especially with the pass rush that those guys brought to the table. Can Randy Gregory be a closer here? I think he absolutely can, Sarah. And, and look, it, it's always going to go back to this. It's can he stay healthy? That's the biggest thing, because when he's healthy, he's a dominant player off the edge. And you saw it in the first four weeks of the season last year, and you hope that he can get back to that. But like I said, at OTAs, he looks good. He looks lean, physical, and he looks like he's in tremendous shape right now. And speaking of guys who have shown dominant flashes, and especially early on last season, like how different would the 22 season have been, Cody, if the Broncos had a healthy Randy Gregory and a healthy Caden Stearns, right? Those two guys were causing a lot of problems early on in the season for opposing teams. Remember the Broncos? They were they were two and one. I know it wasn't the prettiest two and one, but they were like after that week one loss to Seattle, Cody, the Broncos really bounced back, especially defensively. They put the clamps down in those next couple games, but this one injury after another, right? That's what we're talking about today. Caden Stearns was that dude against the Indianapolis Colts, right? I mean, I'm sure just like Matt Ryan is still having nightmares about Baron Brown and he's probably still having nightmares about Caden Stearns as well. He has been outstanding in the limited snaps that we've seen from him as a young player. What is the excitement level, even with Kareem Jackson coming back right now, what is the excitement level for, for Caden coming back this season? What have you sensed at OTAs? I know uh, Justin Simmons met with the media. I know you're close with defensive backs coach Christian, Christian Parker as well. What is the excitement level here on Caden Stearns coming back from his injury? There's a lot of excitement, you know, because as you've mentioned, in this small sample size, it's been full of production, interceptions, sacks, takeaways. I mean, not only just playing the back end of the safety position, but also playing in the box, playing in the nickel at times, having tackles for a loss. Like, that's what Caden brings to the table. And on top of that, Caden is bigger. He's bigger this season, Sarah. Like, his upper body, his arms, his shoulders, his chest, he's gotten bigger, which will allow him to play more in the box, play maybe a little bit more of a physical role there. But he also has maintained his athleticism coming off the hip surgery. One thing I'm always looking for when watching Caden is, okay, how is he in his breaks? Like when he's doing his back pedal, if he's opening up to a route, let's say there's a post and he's in his back pedal or he's weaving, getting in, you know, getting ready to get in phase on maybe a crossing pattern. How does he flip his hips? Does he flip it or is there a delay? 
he's moving. His hip mobility right now looks pretty dang good. And so if that can maintain where it's at coming off the hip surgery, that's tremendous progress because usually I think there are concerns from players who have hip injuries. You know, we talk about basketball, we talk about football is can they maintain their mobility that they had before? Because, Hey, hips are so much part of the game of football. A lot of people think it's so, you know, legs, speed, feet, whatever it may be. That's part of it. But a lot of it has to do with hips and to be able to be a good defensive back in the NFL you have to have great hips. You have to be able to turn and run with some of the best, you know, fastest and, and dynamic shifty wide receivers or tight ends in the game. You have to be able to do that because wide receivers, they'll run double moves. Sometimes they'll run triple moves. And so if your hips aren't right, you're going to get left behind here. Caden looks good so far. And, and look, I think there's a lot of excitement for him coming into it because he has talent. He has the ability to start. He has the ability to play at a high level as we've seen. And, and going back to that Colts game, I mean, Sarah was at the point, I was in the press box. We're sitting there watching the game. It's like, man, Hayden gets a first interception. All right, hey, can the Broncos offense finally do something with this? Can they get them in a position to score? Nope, they couldn't do it. Hayden gets a second interception. Can they can they find a way to put points up on the board to alleviate it? Nope, they just couldn't do it. The offense couldn't do it. So the offense let the defense down in so many ways last year when they did capitalize by getting turnovers. I think bringing Caden back, and if he stays fully healthy this season, I think he can have a significant impact on the Broncos defense, not only from a production standpoint, but from generating turnovers. Can he maybe take some of these turnovers that maybe he may get and can they convert them into scoring opportunities, whether it be a pick six or fumble recover, whatever it may be. I think there's a lot of promise here for Caden Stearns this upcoming season. He's going to have a tremendous impact in my opinion. He is Cody. And I think that what you just mentioned, all those, those big plays that he has made, Look, I know the discourse with Caden Stearns has been like, well, I don't want Kareem Jackson to steal his snaps. And it's like, okay, let's just slow down for one second here and just realize over his first two seasons, Caden Stearns has been productive. He's shown with, you know, relatively limited snap count. And he was on pace to be a full-time player as of the time that he went down with injury. So it wasn't like the Broncos were having to sacrifice him being out there on the field to have Kareem Jackson in the lineup I think it's a both and sort of proposition there. So you don't have to you don't have to temper your excitement for Caden Stearns because Kareem Jackson is back or vice versa, right? You don't have to you don't have to worry about Kareem Jackson not having a bigger role or having a significant role with Caden Stearns being back from injury. I think these guys can all work together. I think if Vance Joseph is creative, you will. You'll need them all. You'll need them all to play. But the, that positionless defense, you got to continue to remember that as well. Like the positionless defense is so critical. Caden Cerns can play back with Justin Simmons. He can play near the line of scrimmage, as you know, Lamar Jackson knows all too well. And, and Cody, look, the, this is a great benefit for the Broncos to be deep in the secondary, right? You want to have as many healthy bodies as you can. And Caden Cerns has a chance to be one of those big time breakout players in year three. And Broncos country, you know, you chimed in as well on social media with some players that you feel like should be talked about coming off of injuries that could have a big impact. Some guys we've already talked about, but some players we also haven't talked about. You'll get all that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Real quick, go check out the Locked On Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Adams and Matt Moore. The Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat engaged in Game Three's action on Wednesday evening. Did the Denver Nuggets go up 2-1 or are they trailing 2-1 to the Miami Heat? Check out the Locked On Nuggets podcast for more reaction recap from the NBA Finals. Also, the Locked On NBA podcast as well. They'll have you covered with all the recap and more. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who are some players that Broncos country brought up in terms of players coming off of injury from last year who could have the biggest impact this upcoming season? We've talked about players like 
Garrett Bowles. We've talked about guys like Tim Patrick, Javante Williams, Caden Stearns, Randy Gregory. But there are some other players that were mentioned as well. We'll highlight that on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. We just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for taking time out of your day to tune in. Make us your first listen of the day every single day or whether you watch us on YouTube, subscribe or follow for free so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, and more, especially as OTAs continue next week. We have three days of mandatory minicamp. We're excited to break down all the coverage and more here on the show. But, Sarah, let's go through. We got some responses on Twitter, a lot of great responses and some common responses. You know, some of the names we've talked about. But there was also another name that was brought up that I feel like we should highlight. I saw K.J. Hamler's name brought up a few times here and how he can have a big impact for the Broncos offense. And I agree. I think that he can have a big impact. And I know a lot of people right now, there's going to be some people listening. There's going to be probably some comments on this YouTube video or on this podcast of people saying, well, the Broncos are going to cut KJ Hamler. I see this almost every day when KJ's brought up. They're like, yeah, he's going to get cut. Folks, you don't know that. And why are we at this point trying to determine who's going to get cut and who's not going to get cut? Training camp is still coming up. Preseason is still coming up. There's going to be competition. And I think for a player like KJ Hamler, despite his injury history that he has had, nobody wants to get over the hump more than he does. But on top of that, be able to just discard what he can bring to the table with his speed is, I, I think, a little naive at times because Denver doesn't win that Jacksonville game, to be honest with you, Sarah, in that fourth quarter if he doesn't haul in that pass from Russell Wilson down the right sideline. Every play that K.J. Hamler made last year for Denver, Sarah, I mean, he had he a had small number of catches, but they were all for massive gains downfield that gave the Broncos great position. His speed is too important to just say, all right, K.J.'s going to be gone. I still think K.J. Hamler is going to be very much in the mix. And I think there's an opportunity where we can see both he and Marvin Mims excelling in that role of trying to get behind defenses this upcoming season. I think we need to look at K.J. Hamler with one eye on 2024, Cody. And I think that there's there's just a, a big change coming at the wide receiver position in Denver. He may be part of this unit in 2024 via, you know, he would have to get re-signed, of course, or he may not be. But I think the writing is kind of on the wall for guys like, Portland Sutton, Tim Patrick, those guys could be cap casualties next offseason, which means that KJ Hamler needs to step up this year and prove that he can be a guy that you want to continue to build around. And I've mentioned this before. Don't discount the opinion of Vic Fangio in the way this roster is assembled. I know that Vic is not sitting in these meeting rooms or anything like that. I realize that he's not just over there in Miami constantly giving Sean Payton his input on players on this roster, but KJ Hamler, that draft pick, what is it known as in hindsight? It's known as a Vic Fangio pick, right? Because Vic Fangio, when KJ got his draft call, was like, hey, my family in Pennsylvania has been begging us to draft you. And he had the, that whole thing about, you know, how when he drafts offensive guys or when he talks about drafting offensive guys, he's like, who, who would I not want to go up against? So I think Vic Fangio's opinion of KJ Hamler weighs heavily I, I maybe we should have included him in that episode we did about not writing guys off. I think KJ yeah. Hamler needs to be one of those guys that we say not a lot of people on your tweet, Cody, that you posted. Not a lot of people said KJ Hamler. It was that was maybe the most surprising thing to me. I think there was maybe two or three yeah. people that mentioned Hamler's name. He is going to be counted on this year, in my opinion. I know Marvin Mims, that draft pick, Tim Patrick coming back. Don't count KJ Hamler out just yet. 100%. And there's even another name, too, that was thrown out there, you know, by a few people. And it, to an extent, kind of makes sense a little bit, but Russell Wilson was mm -hmm. thrown out there. I mean, that this is a guy who dealt with a multitude of injuries, but 
didn't have necessarily a seasoning ending injury. Now, while I think injuries did impact his play at various parts of last year, and obviously he missed two games for Denver. Yeah, I mean, he's he's leaner this upcoming season, but does Russ, I mean, I think Russ's expectations in terms of bouncing back or having the biggest impact don't have anything to do with injuries, more so re- related to, is he in a better offensive scheme? Can he make better decisions? I don't think it has anything to do with injuries, though. Right, and he did have a lot of them last year, and it's, it's in hindsight, it kind of makes it amazing that he played at all, right? Yeah. He had the arthroscopic Ooh. procedure this offseason on his knee to repair an issue that reportedly has been bugging him for the last couple of years, torn lat, torn hamstring, concussion, all these different sorts of things, Cody, that he was dealing with. So I get why people included him in this list, and it makes sense, right? He's got about, I mean, he, we want to see fully healthy, fully operational, let's cook, let's ride Russell Wilson. That, that's the guy that we all want to see. So can he bounce back? I think just seeing a healthy Russ, what are the what are the rumors that popped up last year as he was playing, right? Well, he's lost his athleticism. He's lost a step. He's This is a, the natural physical decline. Kind of saw there towards the end of the season, maybe as Russ got a little healthier, what he can still do with his legs. And I think what he's going to be even better at this coming season. So certainly a viable name to have on the list. And what about this sleeper here, Cody, Christopher Allen. I know we have a listener of the show, Christopher Allen as well. So uh, not the same Christopher Allen. We know you're not suiting up for the Broncos, but the former Alabama prospect, the former, you know, projected fourth round pick by the athletics, Dane Brugler, Christopher Allen, he could factor into a relatively thinned out pass rush group there for the Broncos. And that's a question, right? Because there's also a lot of eyes on Nick Benito, who wasn't injured, but didn't play as big of a role as many people thought he would play last season. For Christopher Allen, it's like, what can this guy become here? We have not yet seen what Christopher Allen in the NFL as a pass rusher could be for the Broncos. We'll get our first chance of that in training camp. We'll get it in the NFL preseason as well. And he might be a surprise. And, and as you mentioned, a sleeper player doesn't hurt to have more edge depth, right? I mean, we talk about, okay, you can never have too many offensive linemen, you can never have too many running backs, wide receivers, but also edge rushers are very, very important in today's NFL. Could Christopher Allen be a name that maybe comes out of nowhere and surprises a lot of people this upcoming season? It is something to keep your eye on all throughout training camp and the preseason as a potential storyline. We'll have you covered every single day, every step of the way here on the Locked On Broncos podcast, where you can watch us every day on YouTube, or you can listen to us every single day wherever you get your podcasts in audio format. We appreciate you so much, Broncos Country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. If you're watching on YouTube, do not forget to interact with other members in Broncos Country down below. Share your thoughts on maybe what a comment says about the Broncos or this episode. Engage with other members here in Broncos Country. But thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show where Sarah and I, we break down Thursday's OTAs in Dove Valley. What happened? Who stood out? What are the storylines? And much more. You'll get that on tomorrow's episode, Locked on Broncos.